word would find a good resting place in the soil of our hearts today. In the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. I do not intend to entertain you, but I do intend to keep your attention this morning. If I can't keep your attention without entertaining you, then you and I might have a few problems. I'm sure Sister Hamilton can use some good help over in the kitchen, and I know you'd make wonderful help. And, uh, but I, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just wait and see. My dad says, he says, I don't preach in your bed, so don't sleep in my church. I can't. If you want to stay up all night, that's your prerogative, and that's up to you. But when you come to class, you're going to stay awake. I seen a couple of you yesterday nodding off. I didn't say nothing. I let you slide by. But uh, I, I'm, I'm loaded for bear this morning. And, uh, if something hits you upside the head, don't, don't wonder where it came from. I'm going to read this morning from the book of Acts, chapter number 17. feel good this morning. and uh, My, haven't we been enjoying and feasting upon the good word of the Lord. From the very get-go, Brother Copeland ministering to us Monday night. And then Tuesday morning, Elder Chalfant, such a superb job teaching the word of the Lord. I'm certainly looking forward to hearing him teach again here in just just a few minutes. And then again last night, Brother Copeland, rally time yesterday, Brother Worse, everything's been wonderful, wonderful. And uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this youth camp thus far. And I could say if I left right now, I could say I've already been paid for coming. And we're not even to the halfway point yet. And there's just no telling what that the Lord has in store for us. Acts chapter number 17, you can remain seated. Verse number 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. Verse number 30, I want to read it one more time. And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And I want to talk to you this morning about a revelation of repentance. And if I could subtitle it, I'd like to title, subtitle it this, Real Men Repent. 
real men repent. I don't know why that the Lord has laid uh, subjects that I've taught on yesterday and then again today. I do not understand everything about God. But one thing I do understand about God is just you just better do what he says and you'll be much better off. I can't understand why that I would need to preach or teach on repentance today, but that's what I feel like that the Lord would have me to teach upon, so that's what I'm going to teach about today. Real men repent. If you do not want to be a real man and you're in this class, I'm going to ask you to go over there to the senior girls class, and maybe you can get something that would be of help to you today. I think everybody under the sound of my voice wants to be a real man. And uh, if you don't want to be a real man, there's somewhere around here, there's some sandpaper, some corn cob. We can rough your throat up a little bit. And uh, we can take that nice little swagger out of your step, limpness out of your wrist one way or the other. We can help you want to become a real man. Amen. There's, there's just some things that real men do that, that other men don't do or other so-called men don't do. Could I tell you that real men honor their father and their mother? Real men do. Real men have a job. Real men have a job. Amen. Some of you boys, I know probably the majority of you are still in school. On your summers, you don't need to be laying around the house, playing Nintendo, and listening to the radio, and talking on the telephone. You need to get a job. You need to work. You need to work, and I, some some jobs that we call jobs now are, are sorry excuse for a job. You need to sweat when you work. Amen. You need to sweat when you work. You need to have calluses on your hands from working. Amen. Amen. Real men work. You need to get a job. Be a bum. Lay around. Get up off of your duff and do something. Amen. Real men work. Real men act like men. Real men conduct themselves as men. Real men walk uprightly. Real men speak like a man. Real men handle themselves like real men aren't wimps. Real men are meek, but real men are not weak. Real men are meek, but real men are not weak. Friend, don't ever mistake meekness for weakness. You'll get the snot beat out of you. Amen. Man, when I was in, when I was still in school, every morning before I went to school, my bed was made. I made it. 
Made my bed every morning before I went to school. Kept my room clean. My vehicle didn't look like a hog sty and have trash laying everywhere. I let it get dirty every now and then on the outside, but I'd do my best to keep it clean even on the outside. Talk about real men. Real men. Ain't no sense of being lazy. Ain't no sense of being a sluggard. Wise men said, go to the ant, thou sluggard. My dad was teaching on that one day, and he, he got right down to the end of his message, and he was pushing it real hard, and he said, go to the sluggard, you ant. As soon as he said it, he just dismissed everybody. Go to the sluggard, you ant, or go to the ant, thou sluggard. Learn of her ways. She works. He works. Yeah, man, diligent in work. Diligent in work. Your boss not, ought not have any problem with you. You ought to work hard. You ought to work hard, I said. Man, one thing I, there's just something get under my skin more than others. I can't stand lazy people. I can't stand whiners. Man, apply yourself. Be somebody. Use the gifts that God has given you. Man, the strength that God, that you have, God gave it to you. And use it for the glory of God. Amen. The job you have, God gave it to you. Amen. Apply yourself. Apply yourself. There's just some things that real men do. You know, there's some, there's some clothes real men won't wear. There's some haircuts real men won't let the barber give them. Amen. I... I don't know about all this wet look junk, all this, I just, I think that come from Hollywood and most of them are queers. If you want to look like a queer, then go ahead and do all that junk. You want to be a man, get you a comb instead of putting a bunch of junk in it and running your fingers through it. Look like you just crawled out of bed. Be a man. Man, be a man. I, I personally, I don't like my sideburns chopped off. I like them to be in the middle of my ear, and my barber got them too high this time, but they, I still got a little bit there. I don't like the sideburns. Just, I, I just don't like that. That's just me. You do it however you want to. But I, I don't like that. I've seen men... It uh, seemed to act a certain way when they have their hair cut a certain way. Hey, man, I, I personally, I don't like silk shirts. If you wear them, that's up to you. I don't wear silk shirts. I don't wear these pajama-looking britches out in public. Amen. Get you some good Levi's. Get you some good Wranglers. Some of you need to get some cowboy boots. That's what some of you need, some cowboy boots. 
cowboy hat. Amen. Some of you need to ride a horse, get a bow-legged. We'd know you as a man then. Amen. There's some things real men do. Man. Real men walk with God. Real men walk with God. Real men are concerned about their soul. Real men are concerned about where they're going to spend eternity. Amen. I know none of you are fathers yet. None of you have families yet, but one day you will. Real men lead their families in the ways of God. Real men are like Joshua, stand flat-footed, shoulders squared, look their family right in the eye and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Real men make decisions, decisions for God, decisions for good. Amen. Amen. Real men are not uh, yellow-bellied, lace-lined. One man said panty-waisted. Real men got a backbone. Real men stand for something. Amen. Real men die for what they stand for. Just some things real men do. One thing real men do is repent. Real men repent. The times of ignorance God winked at, but winked at, but now he commandeth all men, all men everywhere to repent. Amen. You really gonna it takes a real man to repent. It takes a real man to humble himself in the sight of God and in the sight of man and repent. Takes a real man to change his ways. Takes a real man to turn from sin, turn from the world, turn from ungodliness, and turn unto God. Takes a real man. Anybody can be a weakling and go with the flow. Anybody can be a wimp and do what everybody else is doing. But it takes a real man to turn the tide, if you will. Man, to stand against the ideas of many. Man, stand against the ideas of, of, of more than you. Man, be something that what everybody else is not. Man, you need to be a man. God was talking about idolatry here. He said at the times of this ignorance, God winked at. He said, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. There was a time when God would overlook the sin of idolatry and weak at it, if you will. It basically means to overlook it. But now God has come in flesh. He has lived among men that he created. And he has revealed unto man who he is. It's the Messiah the Savior of the world. And now he will not anymore wink at or overlook idolatry concerning the Godhead. Amen. He will not overlook men making gods out of things that they have created. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent.
Repentance is a foundation doctrine of the Word of God. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of, of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Repentance is a foundation doctrine. Repentance is something that must be built upon. And if you do not build your life as a child of God upon a foundation of repentance, if you do not build your walk with God upon a foundation of repentance, then your walk with God will not be a lasting walk with God. And for, in order for a house to stand the test of time, in order for a house to stand through storms and rain and opposition and adversaries and problems and circumstances that are adverse to life, there has got to be a good foundation. Man, and in order for your spiritual house to stand, there has got to be a solid foundation of repentance. I am personally convinced this morning that the, the reason why that some depart from the faith, the reason why that young men and young, lady, young ladies turn their backs upon God and walk away from God is because there is no true, sincere foundation of repentance in their life. Repentance is a key to success in the kingdom of God. Man, repentance is important. Repentance is a doctrine of salvation in the word of God. Repentance is not something that you can take or leave. Amen. Repentance is a must. It is an exception that Jesus made for the fall of mankind. He said, except you repent, ye shall also likewise perish. Man, the, uh, John the Baptist was prophesied of in Malachi chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Way prepared before God was a way of repentance. This was prophesied in Malachi 3 and 1, 400 years later. In Matthew chapter number 3, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God chose a way of repentance to be a way that he was to be revealed unto mankind. He chose the way of repentance as the way that paved his entrance into the world. And friend, if God is ever to have any entrance into your heart, if God is ever to have any entrance into your life, if God is to have an inroads into your circumstances, into, way, into the way that you live, it will be only by repentance. Repentance is something that John the Baptist preached, but Jesus didn't just leave it only to John the Baptist. Jesus himself preached repentance. 
He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And I tell you that the doctrine of repentance is a doctrine that the devil hates. It was Paul's preaching of repentance to those of Damascus and then those at Jerusalem and then those throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles. His repeat is preaching of repentance and, and not only just the preaching of repentance but works meet for repentance caused uh, him to be caught in the temple thrown into prison and he was just about killed for preaching repentance the devil would like to put a muzzle on a man who will preach repentance the devil would like for the message of repentance to uh, stop being heard even in that day and if in that day then even that much more in this day Amen. Repentance is, uh, seems to be in some ranks and in some circles a thing of the past, a doctrine of the past, something that uh, we really do not refer to very often. It seems to be a bygone doctrine, just a part of our history. And I am of the firm persuasion that every doctrine of our history should be a doctrine of the present. Amen. And if Jesus stood for repentance and preached repentance, and if he commanded the apostles to preach repentance, then we ought to preach repentance in this day and we ought to practice a lifestyle of repentance. Amen. Repentance was preached to the Jews. Repentance was preached to the Gentiles. What is repentance just in its base form, just its base definition, just simply means to change one's mind or to turn around. It means an about face. Amen. And man in his natural state uh, you'll find where the David said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul said, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. You'll see that man just in his natural state, he is born with his back toward God. He is born heading away from God. Uh, he is born headlong, destined for an eternity without God. Just in your natural state, salvation calls for repentance. Salvation calls for a turning around. Salvation calls for a change of direction. Amen. Sin is a part of your nature. It's by your natural birth. And uh, the Bible says, lust, uh, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Amen. And just by your natural desires and your uh, natural tendencies, you are headed to spiritual death. Headed to spiritual 
death and it takes repentance to change and alter your direction to turn you from hell towards heaven to turn you from a lifestyle of sin and a lifestyle of unrighteousness and a lifestyle of ungodliness to a life of holiness to a life of separation unto the Lord to a life of godliness that would be well pleasing unto our master you see if you allow what you are born with to finish its work in you it will bring forth death reminded the story of the story this morning of the, the prodigal son how that he left home and the bible says that he came to his senses he turned around and headed back to the father's house and the father received him with joy and uh, dressed the fatted calf and, and they had a celebration that everything was fine and dandy and the, the son was restored back unto his father. And we rejoice over that and we should rejoice over that. But I want to remind you this morning of how many that left, how many that have left that have never made it back. You see, sin never finished with the prodigal son. But this uh, holy Bible is full of examples of people that sin has in fact finished with. People that have never made it back to the father's house. People that have never made it back to God. Amen. Can I tell you that if you want to be anything more than a spiritual failure, if you want to be anything more than a spiritual devastation, if you want to be anything more than a spiritual tragedy, you better learn the value of repentance. Amen. Repentance is not a bad thing. I think we look at repentance in the wrong light a lot of times and we view it as uh, something bad and, and something uh, wrong and not wrong in the fact that just, just humbling and, and uh, we, we despise repentance. That's the word that I'm looking for. We despise repentance. We look upon repentance with disdain. Can I tell you today that repentance is an invitation? Repentance is a gate to something better. Repentance is a door to the kingdom of God. Repentance is not something that you should look down upon or think bad of. You should recognize repentance as being nothing more and nothing less than a blessing from God, than a gift from God. Amen. Amen. Paul said in Romans chapter number 2 uh, that the, the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. Repentance is a gift from God. It is the goodness of God that leads one to repentance. Second uh, Chronicles chapter number 7 and verse number 14 says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's repentance, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Repentance is an invitation for God to come into your life. Repentance is an invitation for God 
to make something better of your life. Repentance is an invitation for the will of God to be wrought in your life. Amen. 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 Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Repentance is an exception. I know that people have made believing and believing only as an exception to the fall of mankind and as an exception to the damnation that is to come upon all of mankind. But Jesus did not only uh, clarify the exception of believing. He did say, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. But he also said, except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. Friend, we cannot be saved outside of the exceptions that God has made. We cannot be saved outside of the exceptions that God has made for the fall of mankind. Amen. And unless you want to be destined for what all of mankind is destined for, unless you want to be uh, an exception to the rule, if you want to be an exception to the rule, you're going to learn the value of believing and the value of repentance. He also said, except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. There are some exceptions that Jesus has made. Hey, wake up. There are some exceptions that Jesus has made to the rule of sin. Amen. And it's believing and repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Don't you let ever, anybody ever tell you the lie that all you have to do is believe and call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. There is more to salvation than that. Amen. Amen. Told you some things about what repentance is. I want to tell you what repentance is not. Found it very interesting in the book of Numbers, chapter number 14, verse number 39. Uh, the story, the setting is Moses has chosen 12 men to go spy out the land of Canaan. And the 12 spies went to view the land and 10 came back with an evil report, a report of doubt. And uh, you and I know the story of how that God slew them, plagued them to death. And uh, after the plague or, or the report of the 10 spies, you'll find that the whole camp of Israel began to murmur against the Lord. They began to complain. And uh, God spoke to Moses and said, how long am I going to deal with this people like this? Uh, I'm, I'm sick of their murmuring. I'm sick of their complaining. I'm sick of their doubt in me. I'm sick of their doubt in my power. And uh, God pronounced judgment upon the children of Israel. But you'll find that 
uh, Moses stood between God and the children of Israel and found them a plea agreement, if you will. Pardon some of the wrath of God. Got God to change his mind in uh, the wrath and the fiery indignation that he was planning to pour out upon the children of Israel. Uh, and God said, Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall they of them that provoke me, shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. And he turns and said, Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. He gave them an opportunity to repent. He gave them an opportunity to turn around. He gave them an opportunity to forsake their evil ways and to forsake their evil thoughts and to embrace the ways and the thoughts of God. He gave a space and a time of repentance. But you'll find whether they disregarded the commandment of the Lord. They did not go into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. They took it upon themselves to go and fight and conquer the land of Canaan. Even though that God had said, I will not be with you. Even though that God had said, there you will fall by the hand of the Canaanites and by the hand of the Amalekites. He said, because you are turned away from the Lord, therefore the Lord will not be with you. You see, after that Moses had told him, your bones are going to bleach in the wilderness. You're going to wander around here and all of those that doubted are going to die. The Bible says that the people mourned greatly. They probably cried a few crocodile tears. They began to mourn and cry out to God. And somehow, even though that they were still turned away from God, they felt like their mourning brought them an entrance into Canaan's land. Friend, I want to tell you today, repentance is something more than just a few crocodile tears. Repentance is something more than just mourning. They were mourning in their heart and at the same time had their back towards God. We have been sold the cheap idea of repentance. We have been sold a cheap substitute for repentance. Could I tell you today that repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of attitude, a change of values. Repentance is a wholehearted submission and commitment to the will and word of God. And if repentance does not commit you to the word of God, if repentance does not commit you to the will of God, then you have not really repented. 
confessed their sin, but they still turned away from God. You'll find that earlier they, even though that God was with them and God was on their side, that they felt like that they could not conquer the land of Canaan. And I tell you this morning how vain is the counsel of men against the wisdom of God. Somehow they felt like that their short feelings of penitence could justify the anger and the wrath of God against them. And they felt like that they were ready to go on as if they had done nothing. With God they did not feel they could conquer. But without God they thought themselves unstoppable. The Bible says that they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. They presumed upon the mercy of God. They presumed upon the providence of God. They felt like that somehow they had earned their right to the promised land. That is not repentance. Repentance does not earn you anything. Repentance is a gift from God. Repentance is not something that we do just when we get ready to do it. It's not something that we have so as much choice and, and deciding factors over as what we think we do. The Bible says that Esau sought for a place of repentance and he did not find it though he sought it carefully with tears. Repentance is not just something you do when you decide you, you're, you're going to do it. You can't live any old way you want to live and do whatever you want to do. And then come and expect to fall upon the mercy of God. No, repentance is something that is granted unto you. And for you to presume upon the mercy of God and to live a life of sin and to come back and repent. Friend, I'm telling you, you are walking on dangerous ground. You are walking on dangerous ground. Esau looked, he sought for it, but he did not find a place of repentance. A place of repentance is something that God must grant to you. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that they went ahead and went up to the top of the hill and began to fight the Amalekites and the Canaanites, which dwelt in that hill. And, and uh, the Amalekites and the Canaanites smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. Horma just simply means destruction. It means devastation. You see, their false case of repentance, their half-hearted repentance, their casual repentance toward God led them to destruction. And you have seen it and I have seen it. I have seen people walk into the house of God. Sinners off the street. For cry a few crocodile tears. And uh, supposedly pray through to the gift of the Holy Ghost. Walk out and you never see them again. They never darken the doors of the house of God again. 
half-hearted repentance doesn't get the job done, friend. Half-hearted repentance sends one to destruction. Discomfited them even unto harm, even to a place of destruction. You better learn the value of repentance. Not just your idea of repentance. You better learn the value of true repentance. You better learn the value of real repentance. Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. And I'm sorry over the fact that they were discomfited and beaten down there at Horma. But I found where that God took Joshua and he took him right back to Hormah. And the Bible says that Joshua slew the king of Hormah. And they defeated the people and the city and overtook the uh, land about and around Hormah. They went back to a problem that they had had early in their life and conquered it. I wonder if I am not preaching to young men here in this place this morning. You have unrepented sin in your life. You have places in your life that you have not conquered as of yet. And you felt like that you were justified to go on in God just because you've cried a few crocodile tears. But the sin is still in your heart. The wrong is still in your spirit. Friend, before you go any further, you have got to go back to harm and defeat harm. You have got to take care of that problem. Amen. Amen. My time is just about up, and I'm not even halfway through. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said, For though I made you sorry with the letter, I do not repent. Though I did repent, for I perceived that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. It worketh destruction. You see, you just being sorry that you got caught is not enough. There is a sorrow of the world. And then there is a godly sorrow that works repentance to salvation. And I'll tell you how you can judge whether you've really repented or not. Paul said, for behold this selfsame thing, that you sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness in wrought in you. Yea, what clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. God tell you that a casual relationship with God is an evidence of a lack of repentance in one's life uh, uh, half-hearted desire uh, an unheartfelt zeal concerning the kingdom of God a lack of 
carefulness, a lack of definition, a lack of clearing of yourselves in a person's life is evident of a need for a godless sorrow that works repentance. Amen. Repentance will work wonders in a man's life. The Bible speaks of a man called Apollos. He was born in Alexandria, an eloquent man. Mighty in the scriptures, he came to, to Ephesus and was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. All that he understood was the baptism of John and the oneness of God. And he spake mightily for the kingdom of God. He had a zeal. He turned cities upside down all by himself he confused the rulers of his day and all he had a revelation of was repentance I'm telling you this morning we as young men need to catch a revelation of repentance it would work a zeal in our heart it would work a fire in our spirit it would cause us to become what God intends for us to be Somebody that really understands repentance knows how to pray. Somebody that really understands repentance is concerned and consumed with a walk with the Lord. Real men repent. Real men repent. I've gone a few minutes over. Please forgive me. I appreciate your attentiveness and your response to the word of the Lord. God bless you and be back here at 11.05.